I think it's time. We're we're well over ten years now. We're closing in probably on eleven years. I think, given all the cachet that we've built up, it's time for a rebrand. Oh, it's, thank goodness! It's so fucked up. We've been doing this for almost eleven years and don't actually have any cachet. <laughs> yeah, anything to show for it. You know what I mean? When people talk about like icon, like video game journalism, media that they enjoy, stuff that's important to them, things that like shape the industry or. Like none of like it's just not part of the conversation. You know what I mean? But that's the power of the rebrand because oh, you know we, we don't have we have nothing to lose. Reclaiming, everything to gain. Reclaiming our our yeah. importance. Like know? I yeah, mean, cool. it, it, we could t- do something provocative. You know, like uh, for Dad Cuck Party twenty twenty three. The problem with that one for is Dad it Cuck would Party's age. Interesting. That's interesting, Chris. Yeah, thank that's you. an interesting one. That's um, interesting. Just speak on quick, that. The Besties is 11 years and five months old. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. So we're actually <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. Unfortunate. 12. For that so cuck party, many. like, why Why are we called, why would we be called that? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think? Oh. Do well, you, let Chris answer, let Chris answer yeah. that vital question. Well, we're, we're four dads. Mm-hmm. And we're cucks. <laughs> yeah. Not Okay. Well, no, not no, not like no, like we're like beta cucks. Like we enjoy going to see the Barbie oh, movie. Oh, I'm see. not saying like we've been like cuckolded. I I I hope not for all of us. I mean, let's but I judge. think I think like like you know we're kind of like taking back beta cuck. We are we're going to Barbie. We're coming back and being like actually you know what learned a lot. It, it's only second wave feminism. I didn't learn enough. Yeah, I, you know? I, have wow. another, I have another approach on the rebrand, and let me see uh-huh. what you guys think. Yeah. You know how in the uh, 1920s there were speakeasies and they kind of had to hide them? Yeah, so <laughs> yeah they kind of the did kind of have to do that. <laughs> yeah, so what if we kind of follow that route and we rename it uh-huh. like Stacy's Knitting Circle? Oh, that's cool. Right? Oh, that's, I love that. And people that. are going to know, only the real people who subscribe to the newsletter will know that Stacy's Knitting Circle was actually the bestie's mm-hmm. podcast about video games. Yeah, yeah. so you make it even more confusing. Yeah, kind of like a Miyazaki thing where you're like, let's not market it at all. Right. Yeah. Like his new movie where he's just like, our n- no marketing. With our newsletter, uh-huh. we can w- just be photos of some of our favorite knitting projects. Yeah. And, That's and, it. That's and the may- end of the idea. Well, That's, and maybe we can yeah. like work in knitting into the show itself. Yeah, and like no, just, Justin, yeah, man. Just Justin, you've it. been telling me for a while that you have a kind of big, big, bold rebrand idea. Oh yeah, what's us. that juice? What yeah. the big bold rebrand? All the I oh the big. You've been thinking one. about this one for like at least two years. You've been talking about it with me a lot. Yes. You said this uh, is yes. maybe the funniest rebrand that you've yes. ever come up with. It's called the Imagine Games Podcast. I G P. Okay, it's pretty good. <laughs> and it's not just that. It's kind of like. It's about everything. Yeah. It, let me hit you guys with this one. Game Pots. Now, this uh-huh. one is going to be sort of capitalizing on the fact that people get GameStop and GameSpot mixed up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I'm saying uh-huh. let's throw, or we could change it to GameSpot, and we can really get in there and just catch some more of that traffic from people who get so excited looking at either their favorite deals at GameStop or their favorite other stuff on GameSpot. And then we get we get some of that runoff, and maybe they like what they hear. I saw Brian Altano in the airport, and 
Do you guys get intimidated by people who look like they thought about what clothes they were going to wear that day? Absolutely. Because <laughs> it really, it really At the is airport, like, no uh, less. I just start fumbling my words like, oh, yeah, uh, this, oh, this is just, uh, just something I threw on. <laughs> oh, that's it. Four dads who definitely dress themselves. I mean, <laughs> knitting circle. That's every podcast, though. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best games of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy, I know the best games of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best games of the week. My name is Ross Rossi, and I know the Welcome to the Best, where we're talking about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. It is a video game club, and just by listening, my friends, you have become a member. I'm so happy to have you here um, and because we are going to talk about some video games today, kind of break them with the format. Mm-hmm. And these things, folks, they have come a really, really long way since Pac-Man. Uh, and I'm so excited to dig into exactly what that means and the repercussions of it. We're going to be talking about a little game called Pikmin 4. And maybe a little bit of discussion <laughs> about some other. I was waiting for somebody to correct me. I'm really. No, really, it is Pikmin 4. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, and it's then a little bit them. of discussion of Might and Magic Clash of Heroes Definitive Edition Legendary Battlers Space DX. But first, <laughs> did you know we have a newsletter at besties.fan? It's true. And it's, it's great. great. If you want uh, all of the games that we talk about in one place and links to them, plus, like, you know, when we're talking about, you know, Real Goose, I don't know, maybe a, a redesign of our name, you can find all of that visual stuff in the newsletter, and you should go subscribe at besties.fan. Also free codes sometimes. Oh, yeah, sometimes. No, sometimes free codes. And I'm going to get you a snack mix recipe this this, this is the next one, I promise. Um, uh, what are these games, Chris Plant? Uh well, Pikmin Four is the fourth version of Pikmin, which is uh, I don't. Even, how do you, Fresh? You're a Pikmin person. Can you actually describe what a Pikmin game is? Yeah, it's like you're in a garden and you're a little alien boy, and you run around throwing little plant creatures around, and they do your bidding. It's like a fr- family friendly RTS. Yes. Yeah. That was excellent. Crushed. It, it, and then there's the other game, which I also can't describe. Um. Yeah. It's like a. It's kind of like a. Um. Mm, tactics game that has been diluted to the point where it's more of a puzzle thing. So it's kind of like it's halfway between tactics and puzzle, I would say. Is might, fair? You're talking about Might and Magic might, now. Might and Magic. Yes. Clash of Powers, Heroes. Legend of the Crystals, DX, LTD. Yeah, that, that sounds great. These four dads are going to go get dressed and we'll be ready to talk about it right after this break. It's <laughs> a fucking seamless segue and we should always use that. This episode of The Best These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. 
It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. All right, so we're back, and we're going to start the show off with Pikmin 4, and I'm going to start the show off by saying... This was an instance where, you know, we're, we're in a new era of besties where we don't force people to play games that they don't necessarily have a direct interest in. And two of our besties did not have a direct interest in Pikmin 4. Maybe three, but the third one was a little intolerant. Um, so it's really just, I think, me and Plant who played Pikmin 4. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. That is correct. Okay. Um, here's what I'm going to say. It's the best time to jump into Pikmin. <laughs> yes. If you fast forward for the first hour, it is the best time yeah, to jump so, into Pikmin. So Pikmin 4, here's the hook. It's got a little puppy dog. Its name is Ochi, and you can ride on his back, and you can jump now, which is like a new feature in Pikmin. Sounds good so far. <laughs> You've never been able to jump before, and now you can jump because you're on the back of this dog. And real talk, the dog defines what makes this game so spectacular because they basically transformed it. So Pikmin traditionally, as I mentioned in the intro, is basically an RTS, right? You send these little plant guys around to carry back a tennis ball or a Nintendo DS and uh, in these like oversized environments because you're very tiny. And a lot of it is just kind of managing time because the clock is ticking down to make sure that, uh, and once sundown comes, all your guys will get eaten and killed. So very stressful. They've turned Pikmin now into... It still has those mechanics in it, but it's more of an RPG now where as you're collecting stuff and doing various missions, you're earning currency, which then allows you to unlock upgrades for the dog or you that make a lot of the previously annoying things not. So, for example, uh, it used to be really annoying if you had a bunch of um, idle Pikmin, like you didn't know where a bunch of Pikmin were just standing around doing nothing. Now you can unlock a horn that'll basically say like, yo, Pikmin, come to me without having to like chase them down. Uh, you can upgrade the dog's like charge attack and you can make him immune to fire and he can swim in water. And it kind of just turns it into slightly more of an action game than it was previously. I do. I mean, just hearing that they have removed the time limit from it. Well, there, well, there is a time limit, but basically you have infinite days and there's no food mechanic anymore. So you don't have to worry about starving to death. So there are still days like the time ticks down to until night. It, but and the time you, more helps in that it like gives you sessions of play. Yeah. At least can, like, I, I found it was like, oh, good. I now know when to stop. Yeah. Okay. Um. I yeah, I. It, Fresh, I had 
really only like watch these games like Pikmin 1, 2, and 3 because everything about the pitch just did not seem like my game. Still not entirely sure if it's my sort of series or not. Um, but you're right in that it is a game about collecting in the way that if you took an RPG and replaced combat with collect shit, that would be how I would describe this game. I did not understand just how much of this game is exploring environments to find whatever you're going to like co- literally collect with your your little dudes and maybe solve like a little puzzle or maybe a little bit of combat in between there. But it, it really is about like resource management um, of like what sort of Pikmin you carry around with you because e- the, the different types of Pikmin can do different things. So there might be like certain enemies or um, barriers that you want to break that need to be frozen. So you need to bring an ice Pikmin. Um, it, I don't know. It, it, it feels like, a, I don't know, like baby's first RTS game. That sounds way more patronizing than I mean it. Yeah, um, it, I mean, that. Is, I think it is the like, if someone was like, I want to play an RTS, but I've never played one before, I would start with Pikmin because it, it grounds it in a way that I think most RTSs are very intimidating, the way they like introduce you. And here you've got a character that you're controlling and they start you off with just a few Pikmin and you don't have to stress about managing a bunch of different things. In fact, they actually simplified the whole game because you can only ever have three types of Pikmin at one time. So you don't have to stress Mm. about, oh shit, I'm scrolling through 16 different Pikmin types to figure out what I need for this scenario. Is it easy enough to switch, like if you're out and you're like, oh fuck, I need an Ice Pikmin. Yeah, so they, uh, you can now, there'll be these big maps and previously, you'd have to like run all the fuck way back to your base and change out Pikmin d- depending on what you needed. Now you can move your base at will. There are like spots within the map that act as like home base territories. And so you just move your base there and then you can switch them out um, depending on what you need. Uh, they also added like a drone so you can like fly up ahead and see what you need. It, it, it feels like they knew where the pain points were in Pikmin games previously and they just tried to like smooth a lot of that stuff out so that you didn't feel like you were just like constantly going on chores it it is so weird to me that this is miyamoto's i I guess like favorite series or i guess you know personal sweet spot series i i I don't know but that's like the thing you always hear because this feels to me like the least nintendo series in that design in that it is all pain points like it's hard to believe that these things didn't exist for three games before this, because the like even a hint of that drives me crazy in this game. Um, I mean, visually, and, it is obviously very Nintendo. Yes, yes, yes. But but this is not my personal favorite type of design. Where it's we know this isn't fun from the beginning, and you have to play to make it fun. Yeah. Um. Like you have to play to unlock it. That's that said. The further I get in it, the more I'm like, maybe I do like this thing or maybe even love this thing. But yeah, it really does. I mean, you mentioned the jump. You do not have a jump for the first hour of the game. Um, so while that is like a new feature, it's it's not it, available it's to you. I mean, I, I, I agree that uh, I, I wish that like Pikmin had evolved earlier than this. I wish it didn't take 20 years mm. for them to realize like, hey, we should make this a little bit more of an action game and with RPG mechanics. But, I mean, I'm fine playing for an hour and, and then, like, because they give you stuff. They make it fun, actually, pretty quickly, all things considered. Like, you compare the, like, oh, play, play eight hours of Final Fantasy until you get to the good part. Like, right. I was having yeah, yeah, fun yeah, yeah. within the first hour. 
The one thing I would add, and this is very important for people that are interested in jumping in this game, skip every fucking cutscene faster than you possibly can. <laughs> yeah, I found that out too late. Are they not they're, good? They're, they're actually meaningless. I mean, I, I tried to warn you, but I guess that was too late. Um, yeah. You're not missing anything. You will figure it out. The best part of this game is the gameplay itself. The cutscenes are intolerably slow and and rough. So, yeah, just just go ahead and skip that stuff. Yeah, the, there is a character named Russ, though. I know. That's and, good. Yeah, he's a little yeah, science boy. I'm a big fan of him. He 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 kind of reminds me of our Russ. When once I started just picturing that I was playing the game with Russ, it was infinitely better. Yeah. I I I agree with you, Fresh, that the personality of the game is so charming that it again, I, I feel like I'm like complaining about it being slow or whatever. It's it's real cute. It's it is. super cute. I mean, it, it is like gobsmackingly adorable. Point, you didn't try to play um, co-op, did you? No, no. I can't decide if I want to try playing this with my son because it does feel like a game of frustrations. And well, well it's like an assist mode, right? Yeah, it's in like co-op, you really Mario just Galaxy like, work. you basically have a rock shooter and you could just like help the main player like by attacking enemies and stuff. It's very mm, simple. See, he's too proud and he would want me to play as the rock shooter and oh, him okay. as, as the main Fair. character. That's that's the problem. <laughs> um, no, I... I, I I'm going to keep playing it because it definitely, well, now it feels like I put in the work past the the somewhat annoying part. Now I'm in the good part and it yeah. does seem to get only better and better. I mean, what would you, would you say for that? Have you found that it kind of um, plateaued in terms of like it getting better or is it, it really become more and more enjoyable, you know, as you unlock more and more Yeah, stuff? I think I'm probably, I mean, I'm probably a little bit further than you are. I'm probably six-ish hours in. Um, and I, it does feel like it kind of plateaued, like most of the upgrades I'm getting, like I got a, you know, I can run faster upgrade or I got like, a, you know, various other upgrades for the dog that make the game feel even better, but it does feel like slightly diminishing returns, but I do, I'm pretty happy with where the core game is at right now. The one thing I would also add is there are, uh, these things called D- Dandori challenges, which I think are meant to be throwbacks to the original Pikmin where like everything was time sensitive and like you were starving to death because you'll get thrown into these maps that are either you have five minutes to collect as much shit as you need to and you're, you're trying to like reach a score limit and that stuff stresses me the fuck out and also requires like some level of trial and error because you don't know the best order to go in and there's also like a weird battles versus ai where it's basically the same idea but like another ai pikmin carrier is like racing you and those i was not vibing with those like those feel very contrary to the rest of the game which feels like it removed a lot of the stress points smartly and and they kind of put that stuff in there it does feel very optional for the most part like i think you have to do the first one and then all the other ones feel like oh you get bonus points or whatever but yeah, I, I wasn't as down with those as I was with the main game. I think if you hate, hate Pikmin, there's really no reason to try because although it has changed, it's not changed probably enough for people that don't like Pikmin at all. But if you're kind of on the fence, I think there is a demo for what it's worth. Uh, that seems like a good place to start. Um, and you could you could give it a shot. But I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit more than previous Pikmin entries. You know, I think we could probably do might and magic clash of heroes definitive edition before yeah. yeah um 
I, I, I was really looking forward to this one. Very, very much so. It, uh, this game originally came out on DS. It was Capybara, uh, who made a lot of really great games. Is Capybara still yeah. doing it? Yeah. yeah they, what was their last? Well, they did, uh, what was it? The, the, the Apple Arcade game that we all liked. Uh, that was yeah. a grip ago, though. Oh, that yeah. Was that's a little right. bit. Hello was them. That was maybe that was a little while earlier. ago. It's a it's a, a a sort of puzzle RPG take on everyone's favorite franchise, Might and Magic. Everybody's always talk about how much they love this thing. Everybody always knows how that one is different. <laughs> That's the one with the wizards. Uh, what that means, and, and the warriors. Uh, yep. It is a so it originally came out on DS, and uh, I think that it was sort of uh, that was the sweet spot for a certain type of gamer. Like, this game and Puzzle Quest came out roughly around the same time, and we were eating good. Uh, and the the basic thing is you have troops on a board facing off against an enemy army. Each troop is, a, like, a different colored, uh, different type of, uh, you know, warrior in your army. And by matching them in a column, they will ready an attack that they will then use after a certain number of turns. After they have charged up, they will run forward. And basically, you want to smash through your enemy's troops to attack their leader directly, right? Kind of like uh, Magic the Gathering style uh, or Hearthstone. Uh, you can also arrange troops. You can match them in a row horizontally, and they will turn into a defensive wall, a barrier. So you are sort of having to make decisions on, like, you know, where you want to use your troops defensively, where you want to use them offensively, how you can set them up to do, like, chain combos. Uh, the different troops have different types of attacks. There are elite troops that do different things. Like, the first one you unlock is a deer that can jump over enemy barriers. It does a little bit less damage, but, it, you know, you can get around defenses that way. So there's, like, there's 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 a lot of those sort of moving pieces and it is, uh, I, I think that, like, if you are a fan of the genre, of the puzzle RPG genre, like, it does scratch the itch. I I think that uh, it hasn't, this game felt very, like, special and cool and, uh, on, you know, on the DS. And I do think in the however many years it's been since it first came out, we have seen, like, way better games in yeah. this sort of yeah genre. when it first came out it was basically like the first time that like a match three or one of the first times you mentioned puzzle quest as well that a match three like had any sort of substance beyond get bigger score right um and that that you know that was great when you know you had your little portable handheld gaming device on the go like this was a a, a nice fit for this game count game came out in 2009 yeah uh so four, 14 years ago um I, and I just, I have it on my Switch and just seeing it sort of in a line with many, many, many other now mobile, now portable video gaming experiences, it was really hard for me to stick with it. Yeah, yeah, I missed this one entirely when it came out, but I, I gave it a whirl uh, because I really liked some games in this series, like Puzzle Quest was one of my favorites, even <laughs> though that franchise never was yeah. good again, weirdly. Yeah. They just had the one good one, and then they never did another good one. This game throws really – a couple weird things. One, it throws really weird difficulty spikes at you that you really don't have any – like, from like okay, you're 
it's pretty basic in terms of the damage you're dealing and the damage you're receiving, right? That's pretty easy to like make a wall or do an attack here. But then they start throwing levels at you where it's like, okay, do it just like you have been doing it. But there's one guy moving left and right with each turn, and he's the guy that you want to hit. So you're having to do this like three-dimensional or four-dimensional hollow chest where you're like, okay, he's going to go three spaces to the left and then back. And in that time, I need to time someone out so their attack is going to come at the right moment to hit this cat. And it's like really, it just, it was like beyond my capabilities uh, very quickly. And I, I mean, I'm not the smartest guy, but I've played a lot of video games. Um, It just felt like really challenging, really fast. They have even Um, done work to balance out the difficulty a little bit because the DS was, the DS version was pretty infamous for, in a single turn, the enemy army would just, like, chain together, like, eight different moves and just fucking steamroll you. It It is better in this version, yes, but it is, exactly. it is, again, far from... some Another kind of, like, really, uh, not, not annoying, but disappointing thing that I had forgotten about the original is that the game takes place on a, kind of like a track. Uh, you can move between, like, different dots on uh, a map and sometimes there's random encounters which are never particularly fun uh but it's not like you're exploring this vast open world and you have this huge you know selection of activities uh, available to you at any given time uh and and you know compare that to again puzzle quest which did have that did have like you could go and build a castle or siege a fortress or you know do a do a side quest or do uh this game doesn't really have that i don't know i i have a lot of fondness for the original game uh it was really cool on ds because on the ds like it made sense your bottom screen was your army the top screen was your enemy army so you would just like send your troops from one screen to the other which was very novel and cool i kind of just wish they had made a new one of them like a new clash of here clash of heroes that had like sort of <laughs> but that costs more money. I mean, I guess so. Um, because then you got people have people do it again. I'm sorry, Griff. I don't want to forget. I have to call out the most damning thing <laughs> about this entire product. I was playing it and not really enjoying it, but like I was trying to give it a fair shake, right? And then I beat this pretty hard fight, this annoying fight where these tree dudes are cutting down a tree. These these knights are cutting out a tree and they're moving back and forth and you got to hit these knights. And it was so annoying. And I finally did it. And I closed the game out, and then I went upstairs, and I went to pick it up a little bit later, uh, and it did not save mm. any of that because you have oh, to boy. manually save your progress in this 2023 They want to give you that classic experience, you know? The classic feel. Yeah, it doesn't – no, this is a <laughs> ripoff. Honestly, I don't know how else to say it. Like – that this is not a fully featured product. Like that, this is not something where they put the time into making this feel like a modern experience. It looks, uh, I think it looks pretty nice, but like in terms of how does this compare to like other modern games that have solved a lot of these problems, including just like auto say, like seriously, there's no reason this should not have that. It's wild. Um, and, and I, that was really, honestly, it, that was about what put me off of, of ever touching it again. Cause that's, that's, an, I, I also, can't deal with that. I that's also annoying. I don't think the visual changes are 
Dramatic. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, I mean, you can look at this game and look at the original DS, and it's it it doesn't look that much better. I don't know. I I I, this is I uh, I was also disappointed. Didn't really play it i actually we went to san diego for comic-con didn't really play oh no i mean i did play it uh i lost i left my switch in san diego uh i had somebody grab it for me and i left my switch in san diego Uh, i had someone grab it to me to mail it to me but i was like well i'm i am not going to pick this game back up on my home switch and start over again so that I can, like the thought of doing no. that seemed so abysmal and soul crushing. And that sort of told me like, I think I have gotten everything I need to get out of out of this one. I think I want to go get that puzzle quest re-release on Switch. That's so good shit. Yeah, too. go do that. It's just the same game again, but that one kicks ass. Yeah. Has there ever been a franchise like that where they did one good one and, and then, then like never eight okay ones? <laughs> I was one. just bemoaning the yeah. fact that uh, Torchlight, which was like one of my favorite Diablo clones, oh, it, they yeah. did too. Torchlight two was good as well, and then since then has kind of gone off the rails into free to play garbage, mm. unfortunately. Anyway, we're gonna have more brightness and light and love and happiness after the break. You go get a phone. You just want a phone. Talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details. And all of a sudden, they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. They're wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Y'all... You already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have, and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. So first we have from Chase. Hi, besties. The question is mostly for Griffin. As someone who's never dipped his toe into modding or tinkering with electronics, but who is intrigued by the hobby, what would you recommend as a starting point? Is there a good entry-level kind of project that would give me an idea of whether I like this kind of thing? Thanks, Chase. Uh, yeah, I've got some some suggestions. I, I think that there are different kind of tiers that you can approach the hobby from, and I am still very much an an amateur. I think at this, um, it's it's been a little while since I've uh, done a, a a big mod project. I think the last one I did was um, uh, the switch light that I sadly left in San Diego. <laughs> I put like a clear plastic shell on that looks really sick. Um, I would suggest you start with something that doesn't require any soldering um, because that is. Uh, that is such a huge jump in difficulty uh, that it, I, I just would not advise trying to take that on first go. Uh, what I did first and I would recommend is getting uh, a switch shell. Either um, I would actually start with just a switch proper. The switch light is a little bit, uh, every, everything is all sort of interconnected and it's a little bit funky trying to like you have to use a heat gun to peel the screen off if you want to like fully switch that out uh if you do just joy cons and the back panel of a switch is like wicked easy to to switch out uh joy cons are like a little bit finicky but by doing that you learn about like you know ribbon cables and how to organize all the tiny little screws and you don't have to solder anything and then you get something that looks cool and feels cool and, and you know feels like your own extreme rate has a lot of those um which you can get on their website or amazon they have like a million different kinds of colors and you can get a a, a joy con that you know switches the annoying buttons out for uh, like a d-pad if that's your jam so you can really customize it making your own you can also do that with a pro controller switch pro controller you can do that for or a uh, i've done a ps4 controller back when that was still the thing that i was using and then you can step it up you know, uh, Game Boy Advance, not SP, but regular old Game Boy Advance is pretty, uh, pretty, pretty easy to mod, and there are lots of options that are non-solder based. So you can, uh, you know, put a nice fancy IPS screen on it, and like, you know, glowing After Effects or whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> you can, you can get wild with a Game Boy Advance, and it's pretty, pretty rugged. Um, and then like, if you want to get a little friskier from there, there's a bunch of fun stuff you can do with an SP. Um, my favorite mod project I think I've ever done is, uh, a metal, what's called unhinged SP, which takes Game Boy Advance SP, the clamshell one, and puts it in a solid metal, like single, uh, thing that looks like a, like a Game Boy color or something like that. It's pretty sick, but that takes soldering and all kinds of stuff. So I, I would start with a controller or... Uh, yeah, I would start with a, a controller because also if you fuck up a controller, it's like, you know, 30, 40 bucks that you've lost instead of 200. Um, so yeah, I would also recommend getting a, uh, a kit, like a, a toolbox. Uh, I fix it has a lot of stuff. I have like a big, I fix it kit that I use for, I mean, a lot of shit, uh, a lot of shit, honestly. 
um, there's a lot of really handy little tools in there. So I fixed luck. the thermistor on my dishwasher and it was the greatest moment of my entire life. So yeah, I'd, I'd strongly recommend. That's I felt amazing, so man. It was amazing. We have another uh, reader mail question. I guess this is not a question as much of a statement, but Max Ritter wrote in saying it's Pikmin week. Whoever reads this, please mention that the background noise in Pikmin 4 is dynamic. When the camera is low to the ground, you hear the Pikmin walking and humming. When the camera is high in the sky, you hear ambient nature noises. That alone buys this uh, game a spot on the Game of the Year bracket, and all the other amazing stuff in the game is just a bonus. Tears of the Kingdom is great, but it hasn't aged great now that we're no longer in the pre-Ochi era of gaming, Uh, and it doesn't even have dynamic sound design based on where the camera is. So I'm thinking Link gets to be runner up this year. I maybe I I couldn't I really tried to like listen to them humming and I I wasn't able to hear them. But maybe I just wasn't it wasn't cranked up high enough for me. Plant, did you only true fans can hear it? Yeah, that must you be know. Um, we have we have another question. This one's from Steven. Uh, Hi, besties. Greetings from the Netherlands. Love the newsletter. I have a question for you. I love games that comment, through gameplay or otherwise, on player agency in the relationship between video games and their player. Games like The Beginner's Guide, There Is No Game, Baba Is You, and The Stanley Parable come to mind. Do you have any tips in this vein? All the best, Stephen. I guess other games that do this. I mean, yeah. I'm going to beat Plant to the punch and say a little game called Near Automata. Mm, yeah, that's a great pick. That that game really does uh, push outside of itself in a cool way. Um, you know, one that thought I thought well, one that I've talked about a couple times. I think on this show, it's an iOS thing called Progress to Ninety Nine, mm-hmm. um, which is like ninety nine sort of meaningless challenges you do with your phone, but you really have to kind of think through it, and it forces you to like do a lot of nonlinear thinking about what the phone is capable of and what it can do. Uh, you know, a really cool one that I had not thought about for forever that do you guys remember the magic circle no oh yeah magic circle was this is maybe when you missed it's a really cool one it's a it's it's a where you're a qa tester who is testing a game that has been in development for 20 years and basically you become trapped because there are games within the game because they've been layered over each other because of how long it's been in development so it's like pushes you through all these different kind of game designs it's it's super brilliant it's 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 not something that had like a super long tail i feel like people kind of like didn't return to it a lot but it's also the uh voiceover of the game is ken levine the director of the bioshock games (laughs) i didn't know that yeah that's right i forgot about that it's called the magic circle it's really super worth checking out paranormal site does this a little bit too just neat um um i this is, uh, I don't know if this is quite it, but Universal Paperclips, I would put on this. Oh, Universal yeah. Paperclips is a clicker game where you are a artificial intelligence that's job is to just make paperclips, and that goes to the furthest extent imaginable. Um, but I think that is an interesting game in that it actually puts you in the brain or the computer of an artificial intelligence and makes you think about how they think or process um yeah i love that game um we got a lot of honorable mentions here let's get in yeah let's get into it i super quick just wanted to talk about futuristic violence and fancy suits and its sequel zoe punches the future Mm -hmm. in the dick 
These are by uh, Jason Pargan, who who was writing under the pen name David Wong when he made uh, John Dies at the End, which is kind of a, adapted into a film and was kind of a you know a very buzzy sort of read for a while there. Um, Jason was the he founded a site called Pointless Waste of Time with John Cheese. Do you remember like that uh, got folded into Cracked? So this is like very early internet days was a big part of like something awful forums and stuff like that. This series, these two books, there's a third one that I haven't read yet, but it is about a uh, a young woman named Zoe Ash who discovers that she has inherited a multi-billion dollar fortune uh, in a sort of lawless city called Tabula Rasa. Um, and she becomes basically overnight a multi-billionaire, one of the most powerful people on the planet. She has basically a private army of uh, hit people and assassins that work for her. But rather than it being about uh, – the, the book is really about how the men of this world react to her presence and the vitriol and the toxicity of the sort of like – it's like a hyperbolic, um, toxic male internet uh, reaction to a single woman like made real – so it's very much in conversation with like the terror of the book is not about her uh, killing people or threats of violence or whatever. It's the way that like the men are driven basically insane by a woman who has more power than them. And the two books are very – the two that I read are very much in conversation about like that gross uh, – like uh, again, toxic male reaction to women on the internet. And also it feels like him sort of struggling with some of that, like early internet culture that some of his stuff was like foundational in and really sort of like taking that out and looking at it. And it is often like, uh, it's very funny. It's very hyperbolic. It, the, there is a lot of uh, hyper violence and, uh, and, and what have you, but it's also got some interesting stuff to say about like what, where the internet and, and gender and stuff like that. So I don't know. I found it, I found it a really interesting, uh, read. There's a third one. Uh, I think it's called Zoe Ash is not drunk enough for this dystopia, but, uh, the, there, there are two good books. Cool. I like good books. Love books. You like books. Oh, and play Halls of Torment. Oh, yeah. You like, yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. That one's been hitting pretty good. I don't want to talk about because I play it too much. What is it? Twist. What is? I mean, good. you should talk is about it. One of those auto. It's one of those auto shooter games, but the it has like a uh, a gear system per run. So you're like putting out like there's gear that you find in the levels that you then have to like get back to these wells to send back up to the surface that let you like build out uh, an armor set for all these different Oh yeah. Uh, it classes. looks like old Diablo. Yeah, yeah it, like Vampire yeah. Survivors meets Diablo 1. Cool. Yeah. yeah, and there's and the quests are very there's specific quests for each class and each level which like really incentivize replayability and also every time you go in you can find like one piece of gear that you can like bring back out and add to your loadout for free, which is a really cool way of doing like incremental yeah. power. Um, it's got all the usual stuff with with upgrading and stuff, but it's a really interesting way of doing it. And it looks 
radical. So Why didn't you guys do so this good. as your main game this week? Dog, of- trust me, all three of the games I want to talk about, honorable mentions, I would have rather talked about as, as our game this segment. <laughs> Um, I guess I guess I can go next. Yeah. I want to yeah, start by it. talking about Gravity Circuit, a game that Russ recommended to me while I was in San Diego. I downloaded and then I played through all of on the flight home, uh, which is a long ass flight. Um, it is Russ sort of described it to me as uh, like Mega Man or Ninja Gaiden by way of Shovel Knight. Like if they if it, if that. If those two franchises had sort of blended into one and then got a sort of spiritual revival in the same way that Shovel Knight sort of brought back uh, DuckTales, uh, it is it is like that. Super polished, super flashy, uh, great looking action platformer. Uh, you play as a, a robot uh, called Gravity Circuit. And you, it's, it, I, I describe it kind of as Mega Man just because it has a lot of the aesthetics, but it is almost all melee. So you are like using yeah, it's like uh, X, right? Mega Man X. Uh, That's you. yeah, yeah. I guess so. Even a Mega Man, right? Because he has a sword. Well, Zero had a sword. Um, yeah, that's what I meant. Zero. Yeah. It, it's kind of like that. It's like you know, comboing punches and kicks. Uh, you can find sort of passive upgrade chips uh, that can change the way that the you know the game handles. Uh, you can find like special techniques that you map to different uh, inputs. Uh, and I, I, I don't know how really to describe it except to say it's just so fucking fun and it is so well made. Uh, and it really does have, I think this, the spirit of, it, it is not Yacht Club Games. It's a developable, uh, developer called Domesticated Ant Games, but in the same way that that, that, that Shovel Knight kind of took something that was already great and, uh, explored that to its, like, logical extreme i feel like gravity circuit does for for mega man uh and and ninja gaiden and is just amazing just great uh yeah got it you you gotta play it it's fantastic um i also uh missed this one but now it's out on ios i know juice i think was into it for a long time luck be a landlord yeah i never quite i really did they get it to a point where there was kind of a persistent thing that was really my struggle with luck be a landlord yeah. was was feeling like incentivized to play so again. i'll i'll start by sort of describing it if you because i please yeah i'm sorry I uh have. it is a slot machine game and uh you spin a slot machine you get uh prize you know coins based on what symbols pop up when uh the thing starts out your slot machine is almost entirely empty but with every spin you add a new symbol to it um, and you at different increments, like every five spins, you have to pay your landlord. And if you don't have enough money to pay your landlord, the run is over. Uh, the symbols, there's like, there's tons of them and a lot of them interact in different ways, right? So for instance, there's a cat symbol. And if you land the cat symbol next to a milk symbol, it destroys the milk symbol, but it gives you like 10 coins. Uh, if you, there's a raindrop symbol. If you get that one next to a flower, it'll double it, which then if you get a bee next to that flower, it'll double it again. And if you get a sun next to that flower, it'll double it again. So you can exponentially sort of increase your, there's, there are so many different types of, uh, interactions and it doesn't really explain them to you, uh, through anything but play. Like you just have to play, find the symbols, see what they do so that next time you play, you know like, okay, well I'm kind of putting together a bit of a like a minor or gemstone uh, strategy here. Let's see if I can build towards that. 
Um, it's very satisfying. It's very addicting. It has been for me. Um, and there, there's not like you're not unlocking shit uh, aside from achievements. Um, you're not like earning. That was my that yeah. was my problem with it. I needed like one more layer of progression. I think because I would get to the end of a long successful yeah. run, and it was just sort of like, yeah, oh, okay, well. I'm, so I'm there's good for a while. There yeah, are on this. some. There's 20 levels essentially, like 20 different levels of runs. Uh, and each time you finish one, it basically unlocks the next difficulty level. Um, and they do things like modify, like uh, you know, how much the rent goes up each round, or uh, how many of like these helpful bonus items. Like there's ones that let you remove symbols, uh, but in later levels you get less of them. Um, so I've made it to like level four. Um, I just, I, it's very, it's a very clever game. Very cool. Uh, and perfect for iOS. Uh, last thing I want to mention, I've really been wanting to go back and play Chrono Cross, uh, because that's, my, my brain's broken. And, uh, the Radical Dreamers edition, I think came out I can't believe a couple of years ago. Uh, well, Justin, you see Radical Dreamers was, uh, a, a, I believe a Satel of you. Um, I can mute okay, your no, mic fine. here. In the uh, when it came out, <laughs> it was not good. This this uh, like remastered edition, like it ran really slow. Uh, the frame rate like dipped below like twenty frames per second in in combat. It has all these great bonus features like fast forward and skip. note to jocks. That's low. That is quite low. <laughs> uh, but I did just want to give the game credit. They have they've updated it and now it looks and runs really really good. Um, and so I've now you can finally experience the legend. Okay. <laughs> Which one is this? Shit. Is this the first one? No, you know, it's not it's the, the second, second one. one. <laughs> Chrono triggers first. Chrono triggers first. Anyway, that's from, that's from the, <laughs> that's from the tubular imaginarium edition, right? I'm done. That's it. <laughs> Justin, the bully, the jock has yeah, awakened. No <laughs> If if us other gamers don't make fun of JRPG kids, what do we have? Jeez. <laughs> us real gamers. I'm going to talk about Ridiculous Fishing EX. Wait, did anybody talk, did eBay email about I'm looking for 2042 people? Uh, oh, no. no. I don't think that Damn was called it, that. Well, in the last episode, after you dipped out, we basically told people, people this looks like something you will get killed trying to do. And so I think we we may have dissuaded people from doing it because your idea of like check out this madcap ARG seemed like you will be fucking you for me as a favor to your video game podcast hero Justin get murdered McElroy, in a park from me please for Justin get murdered in a park for Justin please yeah I don't think people did that I'm sorry Justin uh, I wanted to talk about ridiculous fishing ex uh, I talked a lot about it on the resties which came out on Tuesday uh, but. I kind of dipped in slightly into the pro fishing tour mode, which is essentially a daily competitive mode. And every single day I'm kind of blown away by how bonkers the modifiers get. Yesterday was like all the fish are rare, but the, the fishing hook goes at like two X speed. And there's like, Ah, so much bonkers shit. Uh, I think one of the fish, when you pull it up out of the water, it slows down time and, if you're again if you're interested in like more of a competitive uh challenging experience ridiculous fishing and you don't want to just like vibe out by catching fish definitely check out the pro fishing tour which is very good do you um, still need to go I into also, the pause menu to like unlock it yeah it is um you, if you play the game normally i think you'll unlock it 
by uh, unlocking the infinite reel. But if you want to just try it immediately, you can go into settings. I think it's like settings gameplay. And there's a way to just instantly unlock it right from the jump. So you can do that. Cool. Uh, I also wanted to call out UN Squadron, which is an SNES shoot 'em up. Uh, I don't know. I've just been playing it for the first time in years. Some of it is nostalgia, but I also have very little tolerance for shoot 'em ups. But this one has like somewhat of a persistence. We're unlocking like planes and upgrades that carry forward to different <laughs> missions. What are you playing it on? Uh, I'm playing it on the on uh, a Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo. <laughs> Perfect. The original Super Nintendo. Uh, I've had the cartridge for about 30 years now. It's still a little dusty, but it works if you blow out the cartridge. Um, and it's great. I'd highly recommend uh, it, uh, UN Squad. So you, just to be clear, you play as a UN officer who fights the world? It's kind of been rebranded. I think it started as like a manga uh, like yeah. franchise game that they rebranded when it came to the US. This I don't know awesome. the full backstory of it. But the, as a, if you like shoot 'em ups, it's a pretty dope one, and yeah. I, I strongly recommend it. Also, the UN, yeah, this is kind of their dream of dreams, right? To have fucking badass fighters. This is their chance instead of just like going around hoping for shit to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, do you have anything else fresh? No, that's uh, I watched a movie, but it's tied to video games. Have you ever seen the Joe Dante movie Matinee? I fucking love. Matinee this movie is fantastic. It is set during it's the so Cuban good. Missile Crisis, but in Key West. And it's about a uh, B-movie horror director played by John Goodman who shows up to town to, like, terrify the locals with his new movie, Mant, which is about part man, Mant. part ant. And it is amazing. It's David Fincher's, David Fincher's masterpiece, Mant. Gary Oldman is man. Um, But the connection to games is it stars none other than God of War director Corey Barlog. What? And as the role of, I think it's like Sean's friend or something. Yeah, it's not, it it doesn't really star him. It's a very, very, very small role. Um, But uh, uh, very funny every time I watch it, I'm like, hey, it's that guy. Look at him. He'd go on to do different things. Um, Yeah, this movie is... Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, also, if you go and see Oppenheimer and you're like, you know what? Maybe something a little lighter would be good in my kind of... But also about nukes. But also about nukes. And also with one of the most upsetting jump scares of a family-friendly movie uh, I've ever seen. Um, it's so... It is so good. And it is streaming on basically everything on VOD and according to JustWatch.com, you can watch it on a service called Vix, V-I-X, with ads. But I've, I've never used Vix, so proceed with caution. Uh, but yeah, that's it for me. Well, that's another uh, episode of the podcast. I hope you all enjoyed yourself. You've got a lot of games to play now. You know, your coffers should be filled. Your your cup runneth over uh, with, all, with all these great selections. Uh, can I remind everybody to sign up for the, the, I know we mentioned the, um, the mailing list, but we, the newsletter, will you please go there? Bessie's not fan and sign up for it. It's great. Yeah, it's very good. I also want to thank the following people for writing reviews for the besties on Apple podcasts. We have Tintin Vividest, Mr. Dunn and Big B135. Thank you for writing reviews for the besties. And thank you to everyone else who's talked about the show or shared it or signed up for the newsletter. Besties.fan. Yeah. 
That's where you can get a list of all the things we talked about there, too. We'll mail it to you. Just go sign yeah, up for it. So much easier, and it'll include links and everything. Next week, Disney Illusion Island. Fuck yeah. Yes. I, we, we have like a, a hot streak coming Finally, up. We got that next that. week on Besties. The Resties after that, I'm making Fresh Play, Hello Kitty, Adventure Island. I don't know about no, that. No, I am. It is, it's going to be good. He sounds pretty sure. I feel very positive about this. When he gets That's how now, I yeah. am. You know how I am. Oh, boy. Should we go? Should we end it? Should we do it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's end it. Okay. Well, this has been another episode of Four Grown Men Dress Each Other. I changed it a little bit. Dress now we're each dressing other. each other. <laughs> okay. That's a be- that's a hit. <laughs> we got a hit. Call Spotify. They're going to want us back. It's <laughs> 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 been the besties. Be sure to join us again next week for the besties. Because should the world's best friends pay the world's best games? Steve.